Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the uh, Friday night showdown slate. We only have one game, Memphis and Minnesota. If you guys are new to the channel, welcome. I do make content for uh, DraftKings, NBA Top Shot, and for Price Picks. Price Picks is the sponsor of today's video. Um, you can use my discount or you can use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. If you checked out my Price Picks video today, went two for two. Didn't have to deal with any foul trouble or any of that. Uh, so that was nice. So. Uh, yeah, uh, Siakam over five and a half assist hit, and then Dorian Finney-Smith uh, rebounds hit in the first half over. So that was nice. Again, um, if you guys do play prize picks, just make sure to check out those videos as well. Um, premium content, I offer that on patreon.com, covering NBA, USFL, and esports. Okay, so um, let's get into the video. Let's first go over my lineup here from tonight. So tonight, it was just like a, I finished like 50th percentile, just a very forgettable night for myself. Um, it was a pretty low scoring night, you know, a lot of chalk plays busted. Um, I avoided some of them, right? Chalk OG was a huge bust. I avoided chalk JV who got in foul trouble. I avoided chalk precious. So I spent a ton of time talking about, I actually originally had precious in my lineup, but I thought about it more. I was like, you know what? I think he's going to be overowned, and, um, that we knew that the Toronto, you know, uh, big rotation kind of was, um, unpredictable you know at times they they've closed games with fat at times they close game with birch and that's why i talked about you know uh, a guy like boucher at low ownership was a nice pivot now i was one game early on boucher because i played him um, the previous slate i played boucher at like five percent ownership achua goes for like third chalk achua goes for 30 and boucher goes for like 15 so it tilts me and then of course when i fade boucher you saw what happened tonight went for almost 50 for chris boucher so i was one game early there but i did say would rather go to the lower own option there. So, and I spent a ton of time talking about that on Patreon. Uh, tweeted a little snippet of the video if you guys want to check that out. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of overreactions going on uh, in the playoffs. Like, for example, another one, again, I didn't play either, but 40% Jordan Clarkson, 5% Mike Conley. 40% Clarkson, 5% Conley. That's wild, wild uh, ownership difference between those two. When I thought they were pretty similar plays, um, yeah, like stuff like that, um, you can take advantage of in the playoffs. Um, now, like, it's not going to work every time, right? Like, for example, I liked campaign over Alvarado. Well, tilt to me because CJ McCollum got – so Alvarado was was definitely over-owned tonight. And then you had CJ McCollum getting foul trouble, so he played way more than usually. They put, like, 30-plus minutes. Alvarado usually plays 15 to 20, which is what I was expecting for Payne. I liked Payne at lower ownership. Uh, unfortunately, uh, pain didn't do much. And then Alvarado got, uh, very much extended. So it's not going to work every time when you go to the lower own guy, but, um, yeah. So my lineup again, pain Trent, who I knew there is still down. I mean, Toronto getting blown out at home. I did not expect, uh, losing by like 40 points to Philadelphia. The winning lineup tonight had the entire 76er starting five. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, Barnes was solid. Siakam was solid. Danny Green was solid. Luca was just okay. Bogdanovich just okay. Whiteside barely played. It was a little bit annoying, right? McGee, I did not think Biombo was going to play. He did. So McGee only played like a few minutes. Whiteside played like six minutes or something. They went to Pascal. So yeah, right. Just a forgettable night for myself. Um, the winning lineup in the Hall of Famer was Maxi, Bullock, Barnes, Siakam, Embiid, Alvarado, Nansen, and Bogdanovich. A pretty low scoring night, right? This was a pretty, actually decent score, but other than that, you know, 222, like low, low scoring uh, slate overall. All right, so 
Um, let's talk about the showdown slate, um, and we'll start off on the Memphis side. So Memphis ran a relatively tight rotation last game. Um, they technically played 10 guys, but you only saw um, you saw four minutes for Zaire Williams and uh, three minutes for Conchar. Um, and Zaire Williams is doubtful. Doesn't really matter. He's not going to – would probably only play a couple minutes anyway. So um, they ran a, a very tight rotation. Adams is already confirmed out for Memphis. And um, – Melton did not play that last game. So we'll start off with John Morant at the top at 11-8. I think, you know, probably your safest spend up. He played 45 minutes last game. Um, he's going to play a majority of the game if he's not in foul trouble. Um, so, right, he only played 34 minutes here because he got in foul trouble. So I like Ja quite a bit. I think he's very, very safe. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we had to spend a ton of time on Ja. The mid-range is, this is where there's going to be pain for me. Uh, I just, you already know where I'm going to go with. Well, let's first start with Desmond Bain at 8-6. So, um, also played 45 minutes. Desmond Bain's going to play huge minutes. Um, he's been their second best player in this series. He's gone for 40-plus now in the last three games. So, I think Bain's a, a pretty good option. The only downside I'll say with Bain is he's relatively score-independent playing alongside Ja. So, he had three or two. Three blocks and two steals last game, that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, if he somewhat struggles with the shot like he did the first couple games, he does have, like, you know, going, going for the 25 fans once. So he can hurt you, right? There is – it's not like John Morant where he's going to do everything for the team. Bane a little bit more reliant on scoring. Now, the bigs, this is what I'm talking about. This is where I'm ready for pain. I don't understand how you can be in massive foul trouble every single game. How is that possible? The, the fouls that this guy commits, I, I just, I don't know if I can watch this game because I already know I'm going to play Jaron Jackson Jr. again. I, I have to. I have to. I'm a sick man. I have to play him. So I just don't think I can watch because watching him pick up some of these fouls is just the most frustrating thing ever. So you know what I'm going to say about Jaron Jackson Jr. It would be an absolute miracle if he could stay out of foul trouble. Seriously. It's like 95% chance he gets in foul trouble and lets you down. But the 5% of the time where he can stay out of foul trouble, he's playing low to mid-30s minutes and breaking the slate probably because of how productive he is at when he's on the court. Good shot blocker, good rebounder. They're not playing Adams. It's just, you're if you play him, get ready for pain tomorrow. That's all I'm going to say. And I am going to play him. Now, Brandon Clark... The much safer play. Much safer. Going to get way more ownership. If you're a smart man, you probably play Clark. Um, he's played extremely well at the bench. Played 37 minutes last game, too. He's got extended every single game because of Jaron Jackson foul trouble. I think on average, he's probably playing around 30 minutes in this game. But he is by far the much safer play. If you want to, uh, if you want pain tomorrow night, you can play Jaron Jackson Jr. with me. But, um... It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. And most likely, you're going to be shoveling your money in the fire with me. All right, Dylan Brooks at 7K. Shot 3 of 18. I mean, that's what Dylan Brooks does. He's a black hole. 14, 20, 18 a sh uh, shot attempts. Now, uh, minutes-wise, should play mid-30s minutes. I mean, he does have a ceiling. We haven't really seen it yet this series. Uh, he's been struggling a good amount, but... He does have this type of upside, right? He can go He can go for 40-plus when he's making a shot. So still has some interest in Brooks, more of a contrarian play. 
Slow-mo, Kyle Anderson at 5K, it feels a little bit pricey. I expect, you know, around 20 minutes, but 5K, it's like, eh. eh. Now, Tyus Jones is at 4'8". He's actually got this extended. He's closed the game because Jaron Jackson Jr. can't keep his hands to himself. When, when Jaron Jackson fouls out, it's Tyus Jones that comes in and closes. I actually think he's in play here because he's going to be productive when he's on the court. Sure, you're going to see massive minutes for Ja, but um, Tyus will do a good chunk of the ball handling. Uh, so I actually think he's a decent value play. Okay, below that again, no Adams, but he wasn't really playing in the series. Xavier Tillman's at 3-2. Expect him to start and play... 15 to 20 minutes. Now, he's been really bad offensively last three games. So, um, he'll be low-owned, but I still think it's playable. Uh, I just uh, don't love it. Again, Melton did not play last game. Maybe if Zaire Williams gets rolled out, he gets like five minutes. But um, I won't be uh, going there. Again, Zaire Williams, even if he plays, I don't want to go there. Um, You saw a little bit of run for uh, Conchar, three minutes to be exact. But... Um, I don't expect, uh, him to play maybe a couple minutes, but yeah, that's it. That's it for Memphis. Now, Minnesota, this is where it gets tricky. Cause I don't know what's going to happen in this rotation to start the series. They ran a very deep rotation. Then for, it was like one game, they ran an eight man rotation and then they played, I think 10 guys again, last game. So like, I don't know what's going to happen here. There's a couple of fringe guys I'll mention at the end who like could be in the rotation, could be out. Yeah, but they played 10 guys last game. So I'll start with Carl Anthony Towns, who has also been in foul trouble. It feels like every, like, can we just stop at the fouls in this game? Because I always have, in the main slates, I always had so much exposure to this game. And it's just so many fouls called. So if Carl Anthony Towns stays out of foul trouble, he's playing over 40 minutes in a do or die game. He is, in my opinion, the safest play. The guy at the highest floor. But if he gets in foul trouble, obviously he can hurt you. I think as long as he's out of foul trouble, Cat is your safest of the big three. Now with Ant-Man and D'Lo, these are guys that I can like, I've like rarely gotten right in the uh, regular season. Uh, Ant-Man got in some foul trouble. I think Ant plays around 40 minutes. I think we get, you know, 35 to 40 from D'Lo. Both these guys have a ceiling. It's going to be interesting to see what the ownership is, right? Because Bane has outperformed Ant-Man and D'Lo. But, like, if Bain's going to get more ownership than Anthony Edwards and D'Lo, I would probably rather go to these guys for less ownership. Um, so, clearly, again, Edwards and D'Lo both have a, a pretty high ceiling. Definitely have interest in both. Patrick Beverly is at 6.8. I'm kind of just, like, indifferent about it. He's, I mean, he got massive foul trouble last game, fouled out in 28 minutes. I think he plays as many minutes as he can handle, probably 35-plus, if he stays out of foul trouble. So, I think he's a pretty safe play if he can stay out of foul trouble. The tricky part really is below Beverly, right? And that's, you know, the secondary option and, and bench guys. So are they going to run an eight-man rotation? Are they going to play 10 guys? I don't know. So we'll start with Jared Vanderbilt. His minutes have literally been all over the place. 19, then 9, then 32, then 35, then 22. So with Vanderbilt, he's a good rebounder. Um, Not a bad point-per-minute guy. But minutes, I have no idea. He could play... 12 minutes tomorrow he could play 30 wouldn't be surprised about either so he's one that i have no idea what to do with right now it's gonna be interesting to see what the ownership comes in on him i would guess he's going to be pretty popular malik beasley 4k the minutes have been trending down on him however he is a guy that you know if he gets hot can have a good game in limited minutes so i think he's playable but definitely riskier, in my opinion, than Vanderbilt. McDaniels at 2-8 has also been in foul trouble a lot. Did only play 18 minutes last game. 
However, if they somewhat limit the minutes of Vanderbilt, you could see more run from McDaniels, but they also dusted off Torian Prince last game too. Is that what I'm saying? I just have no idea what to do with these Minnesota value plays. McDaniels, I think on average plays around 20 minutes, which definitely makes him in play. I think he'll be a lot lower owned than Vanderbilt. And then there's a couple really cheap guys that are that are viable down here. So Jordan McLaughlin um, has played 17, 14, 17 minutes over the last three games. And now you did have Beverly foul out, so McLaughlin got extended. But McLaughlin's been relatively productive when he's on the court. He's only 2K. I'm pretty sure he'll be in the rotation. But I think you do have to factor in that there is a chance he doesn't play. So if you play him, you got to realize there's a chance he gets a DNP. But I think he's at least in the rotation. I think on average he's playing, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. Possibly more if if you know someone gets into some foul trouble. Nas reads at 1.6k. He'll play the backup five. So I think Cat plays 40 plus minutes. He stays out of foul trouble. However, if Cat get, gets in foul trouble, um, you could see Nas Reed play more. So Nas Reed is a guy that's actually a pretty good point per minute guy. Um, so I don't mind him on this slate, but um, you kind of need the Cat foul trouble because he's not going to play alongside Cat. And I think on average. Cat's probably playing like 42 minutes in this game, and Nas Reed's getting like six. So you'd probably need some Carl Anthony Towns foul trouble. But um, if he does get in foul trouble, Nas Reed could have a really good game at that price point. And as I mentioned, Torian Prince has kind of been in and out of the rotation, but um, he is only 1.4, and he played 19 minutes last game. So I also think he's playable. Uh, so, yeah, Minnesota is definitely the tougher team to break down in this shit on site because I'm not sure if they run that 10-man rotation again. So, like, Guys that could be fringe in and out of the rotation, I think McLaughlin and Prince, those are two that could potentially be cut from the rotation. Uh, but if they run 10 guys again, then obviously they, they will get run. So, um, yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the video today. Uh, if you do enjoy the videos, just make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Appreciate it. As always, uh, check out my USFL content for this weekend. Uh, good luck, guys, and I will see everyone in the next video.